0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Two-man rush. Daniels wants to throw. He's being chased by... Cedric Johnson now steps back to the left. Throws toward the back of the end zone. The pass is going to
1: be deflected and incomplete. It's
0: there over. is
2: no flag. Ole Miss it's over.
1: has won over LSU 55-49. Wow, what, what a, a,
0: game. a game. What a
2: game.
1: And they're pouring onto the field.
0: We'll pay the fine.
2: Yes, sir. The following is a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network. Hey! time for the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host Brad Logan, your home for Ole Miss sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at Logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at Brad Logan C-O-T-E. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. And now, from the vault to the pavilion to Swayze Field it's all Ole Miss all the time here's your host Brad Logan
3: Hello, boy excited to bring you today's edition of the Believe It Ole Miss podcast of course the podcast today brought to you by Debbie Johnson Debbie's our real estate agent here on the Believe It Ole Miss podcast you can reach her any anytime at 662-689-0090 Debbie does a great job with all of your Real estate needs in the great state of Mississippi, specifically around the Oxford area. If you're looking for that investment property, that farming or acreage around Lafayette County, just give Debbie a call and she can help you today. Debbie is a part of the Kessinger Real Estate family. Once again, 662-689-0090. She's our real estate agent. She can be yours today, a part of the Believe it on Miss podcast. And the Logan Media Network. Bet online the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Bet online, where the game starts. Use that promo code believe B L E A V to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Also, the Rogue. The Rogue is of course down in Jackson, right off the interstate, and uh, they've got your perfect game day attire, whether it be your Ole Miss game day attire with a quarter zip, the polos, and the vest. Or you're looking for that great pair of cool jeans, uh, the perfect jeans, the perfect material. Uh, you're looking for that perfect button-up, that perfect jacket, or the shoes, the socks. They can outfit you as well. Everything down at the Rogue in Jackson. Or you can always shop online as well. College Corner Store located right off of Sisk Avenue. They've got that game day polo, that game day hat, and everything you need with the perfect logos that you like. Ole Miss script on the left chest in the great materials of the different types of polos and quarter zips. That's the College Corner store. You can shop online. You can follow them on Twitter at College Corner MS. A big show today. We're joined by former Ole Miss head coach Houston Nutt. He also coached at the University of Arkansas. And we kind of go back to the beginning where Coach grew up in Little Rock and how he grew from there and how much he learned from his family and how close he is to his family then and how close he is to his family now a really good interview and I really enjoyed the conversation with former Ole Miss head coach and former Arkansas head coach Houston Nutt we'll take a time out come back with the interview coach Houston Nutt right here on the Believe and Ole Miss podcast a part of the Believe Network but online where the game starts. Today's show is brought to you in part by Realtor Debbie Aldison Johnson. If you're looking for a spot in the Oxford area or quite frankly anywhere in Mississippi that is your go-to. Remember real estate industry since 2003 looking for that special ag property maybe a recreational property, maybe a commercial real estate property or a new home. Uh, Debbie does a great job and can be your real estate agent today. Just contact her directly at 662-234-5555. Of course, that's a member of the Kessinger Real Estate family. Kessinger KessingerRealEstate.com, and Debbie has been with them for quite a few years. If you need to get her directly, just dial her cell phone at 662 689 0090. Remember, your go to for real estate, whether it be commercial, farm, or maybe you need that home. Maybe you need that second home in Oxford. You're looking maybe to relocate to Oxford. Part of the real estate family, the Kessinger Real Estate Family. Debbie Johnson, your realtor. 662 234 5555 or call her cell phone at 662 689 0090. Debbie Johnson, proud sponsor here on the Believe in Omas podcast.
2: Hi, this is Brad
3: Logan. The Grove Collective's mission is to support, elevate, and protect the well-being of all our student-athletes through a wide range of NIL opportunities and initiatives at Ole Miss. The collective was established to deliver a best-in-class NIL experience that is worthy of the student-athletes who give their all for Ole Miss. This consolidated and sustainable model provides premium access and experiences between our members, corporate partners, and our athletes. To support all Ole Miss athletes and their NIL platforms, visit thegrovecollective.com. That's the grovecollective.com join our team become a member today if you're looking for the perfect game day outfit for the grove look no further than the rogue in jackson live in oxford no problem go to the rogue.com and shop the collegiate section and there you'll find horn legend peter millar the best selection of rebel game day clothing celebrating 56 years of business and a sponsor of the grove collective when you're in jackson Go by the Rogue 4450 I-55 North in the capital city. An extensive collection of sports coats, suits, shirts from brands like Peter Millar, Tom Beckby, Brax, Jack Victor, Mark Digman, and others. And when you stop by the store in Jackson, that's where you'll see the best selection of Rebel game day clothing. That's the Rogue 4450 I-55 North in Jackson. Go by and tell them that you heard about it on the Believe It On Miss podcast. Joined by Coach Houston Nutt, who joins the program today. Coach, I can't thank you enough. Really appreciate you carving out a few minutes. You bet. Thanks for having me. Coach, I wanted to kind of start things off. Back maybe to your days of growing up in the great state of Arkansas. A lot of family ties there. A lot of playing pickup basketball out in the yard. What was it like growing up in Arkansas?
0: Oh, it it was the greatest for for myself and my three brothers. Uh, My mother and father were educators and coaches at the Arkansas School for the Deaf. We, we lived three blocks away. Those were our playgrounds. And uh, it had the greatest childhood ever because of um, where we lived and um, being involved with the deaf school. Uh, I don't know if you realize that there's only one deaf school in each state. And they each, uh, from the time they're age of four or five years of age, they leave home to come to the deaf school. And so those were our playgrounds. And it taught us a lot about not only our family, but, our second family was the deaf school and it didn't matter where you're from, what part of the state you're from, what color your skin was, as long as you could sign and you, you were in their world, you were part of the family. So uh, it was just great times and uh, got to play it uh, for some great junior high coaches and high school coaches with uh, the, the historic Little Rock Central High School. And uh, we just, it was just great growing up. And of course, I've, feel really blessed to be able to have a mother and dad that gave us the most important thing, they gave us time.
3: Coach, going back and looking at those days, uh, you were obviously a two, two-sport 2 athlete growing up, really good basketball and football player. A lot of your brothers, I don't know Dickie, and got into the coaching.
0: Well, just growing up, you know, in, back in my, my day, it was uh, just football, basketball, baseball. There wasn't anything else, uh, track. But uh, those are the sports that I really – just loved so much was those three and then of course basketball my dad played for two of the greatest basketball coaches in the world adolph ruff at kentucky and then henry ibe at oklahoma state and he he was a true great teacher of, of basketball and so if you couldn't help but uh you know we we grew up uh dribbling and and throwing a football hitting a baseball so it's those three that we loved depending on which which time of year it was but basketball getting back to your question was always so prevalent around our family because my dad coached it and uh we were always around the gym but the gym rats. and then you know when school was closed for ice what did we do we walk three blocks to the gym and it was you know make up your own tournament all day long and it was just just great times, great days, and uh, you, you just love the game.
3: Growing up in the, the state of Arkansas, and, and Coach, correct me if I'm wrong, the last player recruited by Coach Frank Boyles. Is that, is that true? I,
0: that is true. I was the last player signed by him, and I was also the last coach that he that he signed. Right. Uh, so uh, Coach Boyles was a great mentor and an athletic director that was so good and uh, learned so much from him, and he was so helpful. Um, when I was his football coach at the University of Arkansas.
3: You make the decision to stay in-state, and you head up to Fayetteville uh, to start your college career.
0: You know what was unbelievable was I thought the only reason I didn't go to Alabama, I loved Coach Bryant, because that's where my – Paul Bear Bryant's from, Fordyce. That's where my dad's from, my grandparents there. So I thought, man, I want to go play for Paul Bear Bryant, because he had Joe Namath, Kenny Stabler, Richard Todd, at all these great quarterbacks, and I wanted to follow in those footsteps. So uh, I thought he was going to retire. So I said, you know what? I better go to Arkansas. And I'm, I was felt loyal, felt felt like I needed to be there at home, and I felt this pull for being loyal at home. And so went went to Arkansas, and uh, lo and behold, Frank Rose retires my freshman year. After my freshman year, and uh, in comes Lou Holtz. And, of course, Coach Bryant goes on for another six or seven years. So, uh, you never know. But I, I just um, – I, I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything. They were great, great coaches, and I got to be around a lot of great ones.
3: Transferred over to Oklahoma uh, State. Met some pretty important people at Oklahoma State. Some I think you're still pretty close to.
0: No doubt about it. Jimmy Johnson. uh it's Jim Stanley first, and then uh, they let him go, and then Jimmy Johnson came in, and that was great. And then uh, Pat Jones, they once that. Um, the assistant coaches there that I'm still close to. Uh, they were just – they're also just great coaches. And you take a little bit from all of them. to have the privilege to play for Frank bulls Lou Holtz, Jimmy Johnson, Pat Jones, and then you got to play for Eddie Sutton. Eddie Sutton's assistants were Pat Foster and Gene Cady. So you just got this wealth of, of, of knowledge and wisdom, starting with my father, that had uh, just such – just great techniques and taught fundamentals and discipline and attitude and all those things. And you couldn't be, you know, I couldn't be Jimmy Johnson or Lou Host, but what you could do is you could take from each of them. And that's that's what I did. Just take and learn from all of them.
3: And coach, that was just just a few moments there. You brought a who's who of coaches, whether it be on the hardwood, whether it be on the football field, and you're a nineteen year old, you know, somewhere around nineteen mm-hmm. years old playing quarterback at Oklahoma State, and you've already been baptized by some of the best coaches in all of college sports
0: no question about it no question about it and uh it was such a privilege you know to 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 learn from these guys and see them operate and how they handled the team coach bros was like the he coached the coaches always had great staffs if you go back and look at who all he had from barry switzer to kenny hatfield all these guys uh that were so talented so good Uh, Lou Holtz, disciplinarian, motivator, motivator, Hall of Famer. Boy, he knew how to win. and, And I always thought he was a great play caller, too. Learned a lot from him as a play caller. And then Jimmy Johnson was full of enthusiasm, passion, made the game fun, and knew how to hit the right buttons. And then Eddie Sutton, his three words were always dedication, defense, discipline, the three Ds. And that's kind of his theme song. So, you know, you just – again, you go back and you, you learn from each of them and you take a little bit and and you got to be yourself. You can't fool an 18-year-old, but you just uh, – I was a fortunate victim of circumstance to be around so many great, great coaches.
3: And, and you must have made a pretty good impact Asked you to be a part of that coaching staff and then just a little old running back by the name of Barry Sanders was under your care for a year or so.
0: <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, boy uh, – he was he was awesome, and that was really when Jimmy Johnson left and went to Miami. So Pat Jones was, I feel, you know, very fortunate that he hired me there. Uh, after Larry Laysel really gave me my first full time job, and I only stayed there four weeks there at Arkansas State, and then uh, Pat Jones hired me at Oklahoma State, and we had you know we had Thurman Thomas and Barry Sanders, right, uh, and Hartley Dyke. So I had the privilege to coach Hartley Dykes at the wide out position. Mike Gundy was our quarterback. And um, he had the opportunity and the privilege just to turn around and toss it to Barry Sanders a lot. And <laughs> yeah. that's all he had to do is get out of the way because he was going to make about two or three miss and take it to the house.
3: And then you got the call that you've kind of been waiting for. And Murray State, final two yeah. years, coach, 22 and 3. You were 16 and 0 in conference play. And then a heck of a career at Murray State. Murray
0: State was probably the four greatest years because of this. It gave me a chance to learn how to be a head coach with not all the media pressure. You know, we might have had one rider after each, each practice. Um, and I got to be able to make some mistakes and learn. But I got to build, you know, um, an awesome program there that hadn't had much success. And in Murray, Kentucky, uh, just a beautiful community. And you know, if you go back and look, you know, Mike Godfrey, Frank Beamer, Ron Zook, Ralph Friedgen. there's been a lot of good coaches that, that went through there at one time or another. And um I was fortunate enough to, to be able to go use my background. You recruited a lot of Arkansas players in Memphis and those freshmen really grew up after getting their nose bloody the first two years, those last two years. With the help of Mike Cherry, a transfer, a young man I recruited to Arkansas, transfers after three years, uh, not playing for Danny Ford. So he comes over to our place and he was just MVP. He's a Hall of Famer now at at Murray State, and we were 22 and 3.
3: Really good two years. And then, coach, uh, Boise State's calls. That's a really good opportunity for you. You spend a year there, and then the phone rings again. And I'd love for you to take me through this process because judging by talking with you and then reading everything that I've been able to read over the years, telling Boise State no and telling Coach Brawls yes, while it seems easy on paper, that had to be really yeah. difficult for you to do.
0: It was. It was. Uh, Boise State was going through the transition of going from one double A to Division One, And their fans out there were great. They loved football. And... you felt like we were going to be out there a long time because it felt like we were recruiting very well. We'd won our last three games, last one, Idaho. We beat in, uh, 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 I think, double overtime. And it was just uh, you could just feel things were moving. But then all of a sudden, as you mentioned, I get the phone call from Coach Bowles, and I'm one of 14 candidates. And uh, what was difficult was the waiting time. I'd interviewed, and I was the first one to interview. So you're waiting on the other 13. And, you know, Gene Blameyer, you know, he's, he's, he's waiting on me to make a decision. So that was a tough, tough deal. Very tough. So uh, just really fortunate and really excited about that. And to go back home, I had to had to say, I've got to go on this one. And so that 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 was that was really difficult.
3: Coach you took the job on December the tenth of nineteen ninety seven. I'd love to know your thoughts on this, as I know there was communication back home to your family. What were those conversations like? Were they giving you pointers on hey, you need to take it? Hey, you don't need to come back home, man. This is this is going to be tough if you go back to where you played. What were kind of your support staff crew telling you during that transition period?
0: Well, we, you know, being from Arkansas. Uh, everybody was really really excited and is almost you know it was a dream come true now what was difficult and you hit on it uh Gene Blameyer made a real I mean he went out there and got somebody from the you know middle of the United States to come far west and made a commitment to me and I felt so bad about that but I probably wouldn't have gone anywhere else if anybody else would have offered I probably would have stayed there with a the commitment to Boise State but it was Arkansas. And as Arkansas is where I'm born and raised, where I played football and basketball and grew up as a ball boy for the Razorbacks and, and on and on. And so we had, we had family and cousins and aunts and uncles and mom and dad's you coming back, you coming back. And we couldn't say nothing at the time. And, uh, you know, I finally told my mom and dad, hey, we're coming back to coach these Razorbacks. I mean, it was a, it was a celebration, now no doubt about it.
3: And then you take the job, and the cupboard is absolutely not bare. Coach Ford left you some really good talent for that '98 season that we all remember.
0: Danny Ford did a great job of recruiting. Now they hadn't had much success, and I never will forget. Uh, I never will forget asking uh, Lewis Campbell, a longtime coach there, and Dean Weber, a longtime trainer there. I said, "How?" What am I missing? I know I had not coached in the SEC as a head coach, but what am I missing? I see these good-looking players, Clint Sterner, Anthony Lucas, Jodine Davenport, Kanoi Kennedy, David Barrett, Ryan Hale, Zach Painter, and Brandon Burrowsworth. I can go on, name them all. But, you know, he told me, he said, well, they hadn't had much success, and they don't believe, you know, they don't believe that they, they can win right now. And so, physically... We knew that we had some. We just, you know, we're just worried to death about the, the level of competition that the SEC is such a high level. Just didn't know. You know, as a young coach, said, you know, we got a long way to go. We're at the bottom. They've been four and seven and four and seven and won very few SEC games. So there had to be a change of a mindset there to get them to believe. And I tell you what, once we got going, and early on, we played Alabama in Fayetteville. And we, they had Sean Alexander had a great team. And Diana, my wife, knew that I was having a hard week because I wasn't sleeping very much. I never, <laughs> never will forget you. one night and say, hey, what's wrong? Alabama. Two o'clock in the morning, I wake up. What's wrong? Alabama. Well, we you got, we got a good team. I mean, it's Alabama. You know, you had that mindset of growing up with Paul Bear Bryant even though he wasn't there on the sideline, you knew the tradition of Alabama. But when we won that game, 42-6, to six, when we won that game, that's when we took off. That's when we started believing. And everybody had this air of confidence like, you know, we can do this
3: finished six and two in the sec nine and three is a great year uh your very first year tied for first in the sec west i want to fast forward coach to that oh one season uh that of course uh you would end up going to the cotton bowl that year but prior to that you beat an old miss team back in 2001 and at that point a seven ot game and something that uh i know you and i'll never forget that was some kind of game
0: (laughs) that was unbelievable that was such a long game. Actually, we got started late that night because, you know, we played on a later, uh, I think it was an 8 or 8.30 game. Yeah, it was
3: like a ESPN2, I think. ESPN2,
0: exactly. Yeah. And we were late. And I never will forget coming in after that last play when Jermaine Petty made that final tackle. and Everybody was ecstatic. So was, like I told uh, Coach Cutcliffe, man, nobody deserved to lose that game. You know, David Cutcliffe and I are very good friends. And, you know, that was that, both teams played so hard. And they, of course, they had the great Eli Manning and he was so fun to watch and you couldn't, couldn't stop him. And we tried to slow him down a little bit, but we made one tackle there on the two point play, uh, that helped us for him. And, um, going in that locker room, you know, they got the pizza in there that I guess been sitting there for about two and a half hours and Tony boo on there to get kind of drops the pizza coach, coach, we're going to eat this. And he drops it like concrete. And I said, no. Uh, i asked dean what dean i saw a burger king on the way in because we had to spend a night in tupelo so we had to go back to tupelo to fly out i said dean there's a burger king call them see if they get us a hundred whoppers it was the (laughs) best bus ride it's the best bus ride we've ever had a celebrated bus ride to tupelo and man it was awesome
3: matt jones is a player that uh that Ole Miss could not stop that night. Where did you find Matt Jones, and and what did he mean to your program uh, during your time at Arkansas? He was he was um, he was impossible that night, Coach.
0: Matt Jones was a, a phenomenal athlete. Six foot six, two hundred and thirty eight pounds, two forty, and runs four three seven. And every coordinator. After the game would say I didn't know he was that fast or a head coach after the game didn't, didn't the film didn't give him justice didn't know he was that fast he's so fast and he could uh, elude the rush he could extend the play and he was from Fort Smith, Arkansas and he played Van Buren I think early couple of years but he ended up senior year at Fort Smith Northside you know he'd catch punts, run him back, kick off run him back and then he could throw better than you think. You know, you start worrying about the run, 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 run. And then if you look at how many touchdown passes he had at Arkansas, it's quite a few. And the reason is because he had one-on-one covers because everybody's trying to overpopulate the, the box because they're so worried about Matt. But uh, he, he was something. He was fun to watch. And uh, he had ice water in his veins. He had, we had two of the longest games in the world, one in Lexington, Kentucky, seven overtimes. One in Ole Miss. Oxford missed seven
3: overtimes. And then, of course, the 2007 season, the LSU game, three overtimes, and you beat LSU in Baton Rouge 50-48, to and we'll always remember at the end of the game when you told the good folks at ESPN you need to give <laughs> him the Heisman.
1: I don't know. i tell you what. I know this. Got a lot of guys with some big hearts. All I know is for three hours – for three hours or however long, maybe four hours, we're the best team in the country today. And it's offense, defense, and special teams. It's some guys like Darren McFadden, baby. I love you. What, a, what an effort. Y'all better put him in the Heisman. You better put him up there. I'm tired of He's him saying, being number, number three number four. We got that wood right here, baby. Somebody, Somebody better look at this right guy. Here. He's the best football player in the country. And his name's not being mentioned. Lou Holtz, Mark May. Number five, you better look at him a little closer. He's a football player.
3: You're talking about Darren McFadden, <laughs> one of the best coach I've ever seen. I'm, I'm sure one of the best you've ever coached.
0: No doubt about it. No, he loves football. a Great teammate, and I really thought he deserved that that Heisman. One of those years, but I thought for sure that year he'd he'd he'd, he'd, he'd get the Heisman. But uh, he put us on his back so many times. And um, but what you love about Darren McFadden is he'd come in on Sundays. We'd always have the special teams meeting first as a team. We'd come in on Sunday, and if he comes to the door, he he would kind of tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, coach, watch my block. Watch my block. He wouldn't say watch my runs. He'd say watch my block for Felix Jones. And that's what an All-American does. He goes and blocks for his teammate. I'm talking about pancakes the guy. And and that's what he was about. You know, he was so unselfish, and he played for his teammates and uh, just an unbelievable person and a great player.
3: Yeah, yeah finished at year 8-4. and four. In the previous year, Coach, another group big year, Capital One Bowl, 10-4, 7-1 the SEC, 75 wins. That's only second to Coach Brawls in the history of Arkansas football. But the next stop is Ole Miss, and that of course, in the 08 uh, football season. But one thing I love about Ole Miss is the tradition. It's about tradition. And that's the reason I'm here, because I
1: feel like this place can be successful. I feel like this place can win. And I want to tell our players, and I can't wait to tell them this afternoon that The way you spell hunting is W I N inside that beautiful stadium, I see those names and those championships and those banners, and it gives me chills when I walk in this room and I hear you clap on the clock, 'cause that means this means you're hungry. And you're hungry for success. And I am so
0: thankful to be here today.
3: Coach, what went into that thought process about uh, making the decision? What made you think about maybe I'm gonna slide on over to Oxford see so what I can do for a couple of years.
0: Yeah. Well there's a couple of things. And I've been there too. So that that was my tenth year. Uh, we beat LSU, and LSU goes on and wins the national title. But there were still there, there were some people that were unhappy with me. Thought I uh, treated Mitch Mustang uh, bad, and uh, there's a group there in Northwest Arkansas really thought that that uh, I just wasn't doing enough for the program uh, with wins and the way I treated him, which you know I, I would disagree with. Uh, but. Um, I had three offers within about twenty-four to forty-eight hours once I resigned, and I just knew watching uh, Ole Miss from the other sideline. I knew they had athletes, and I knew that I love the SEC. I, I love how competitive, how the stadiums are full, the tailgates are full. It, you know that that thing, whoever invented it, just means more. There's something to that. That, that is true. It means more. Because there's, if you look at UCLA and some of these teams, they don't always have a full house, but we do, and so I just felt like in in, in the Ole Miss first year reminded me a lot of the '98 year. Michael Ward never been to a bowl game; had to had to convince him to stay. He was going to go. He didn't like football. Going to leave, go to pro. Uh, Dexter McCluster, uh, the trainer, I think he always told me that hey, he stays hurt. He's just going to be hurt. And there's a lot of negativity and a lot of guys that looked real good, looked the part, Jamarcus Sanford, Parade Jerry, John Jerry, Jevin Sneed, but they hadn't won. And it was a lot like 98. And lo and behold, these guys go to back-to-back cotton
1: bowl. Ole Miss found itself down 14 to zip early in the 2009 Cotton Bowl as Texas Tech capitalized on two Rebel turnovers in the first quarter. Quarterback Jevin Snead led the Rebels to two touchdowns and a field goal on their next three possessions, giving Ole Miss a 17 14 lead heading into the locker room. The Rebels and their vaunted Landshark defense weren't satisfied and came out of the half looking to make a game changing play. With just over two minutes gone in the second half, Rebel cornerback Marche Green intercepted a Graham Harrell pass and took it 65 yards to the house, pushing the lead to 10, a lead that would never be relinquished. Go, 10. The decisive win over the Red Raiders was Ole Miss' sixth straight victory to end the season, and would provide a historic one as it was the final Cotton Bowl game to be played in the stadium by the same name.
0: I think it's the first time it's done in, since about '52, uh, and we won both. Beat uh, good Mike Leach football team, Texas Tech, and then Mike Gundy's team, Oklahoma State, and um, our fans were, were were excited, enthusiastic about the. About these guys,
3: and we were too. Coach, look at that O eight team, and now that you say that, you're that's pretty spot on. Ed Ogeron left a lot of talent, but you're right; they just yeah. hadn't won a whole lot. And opening the season, a couple of games in, I think you lose to Vanderbilt, but I think that O eight team, coach, and I'd love your thoughts on this. You go down to Baton Rouge and beat the number eight team, uh, yep. LSU. Uh, you beat Florida, which would have win the national championship eventually, and then you beat Mississippi State forty five to nothing in Oxford playing about as well as anybody in the country.
0: You know, Ed Ed did leave us two good classes. Now the back end, the last two, he had four reclu- recruiting classes. And the last two weren't good. Uh, we had eight seniors and seven seniors. And and I, that's what I was trying to convince Pete Boone that to start the for after those first two years really we need a weight room, we need a meeting room, we need a dining room, players lounge really wanted to put shovels in the ground and capitalize on this, th- these two teams that 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 won a lot of games, boy. And they got a lot of people excited, but they wouldn't do that. And uh, I think that hurt us because we knew those last two years, the freshmen. And if you look at the freshmen in those two classes we signed, uh, Hugh Freeze had a, had a good group. They had a really good group. In fact, that group that we signed, if you look closely, you know they beat Alabama. Now Hugh Freeze did a good job. He brought in a quarterback, um, Bo a Wallace, Kelly. Yeah, yes, Bo Bo Wallace and Kelly. So he he did a good job of, of bringing that in. But the other other positions were really set. If you look at the secondary, you look at linebacker C.J. Johnson, Cody Pruitt, Sinquez Golson. I mean, those guys were were players. Sedarius Bryant. I mean, had a lot of players. Uh, Vince, the receiver.
2: Uh, Vince yeah, Sanders. so many
0: guys. Vince Sanders. Yeah, that 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 did so many good things, but they got their nose bloody because they had to play as freshmen and uh, sophomores. And but boy, they grew up. And that's what it's about. It's about developing. And, and but those first two years, you're you're exactly right. You go to the swamp and beat Tim Tebow. Uh, they go on and win the national title. You go to LSU, win that one. And I thought our defense was really fast, man. They played so fast and played with a tenacity that was fun to watch.
3: And, Coach, back in that 08 season, I'll never forget, uh, my wife and I went actually went over to Fayetteville that year, whenever you went back. Uh, what was that like? Uh, obviously, the game was insane. Was right. I think um, 23-21 is the final score. Ole Miss kind of opened it up there in the fourth quarter, but in true Arkansas fashion, <laughs> a couple of onside yep. kicks later. That, that Arkansas-Ole Miss game, Coach, whether you're a part of it or not, is bonkers every year. Uh, This year was no different. What was it like kind of seeing your former players and former administrators and coaches, that sort of thing, going back to Fayetteville for the first time in 08?
0: That's the hardest thing, hardest thing I've ever done as a coach. And I say that because of this. You're from Arkansas. You played there. You coached there. You've been in every living room of those players that you won with previously. and now. You're in the visitors' locker room. It was, I mean, mind-boggling to think what you know. It was really hard all week. It was hard. Didn't get much sleep thinking about it. And then when you get there and you're in the visitors' locker room, and you come out and all the fans who had been cheering you now they're booing you and saying bad things. Like, whoa! Now once the ball got kicked off, is art. But it's like you said, this game's always back and forth. But that was the same bunch, you know. We we Arkansas we we won the previous year. Now Petrino's there, with all those kids and Casey Dick and and all those players we recruited, uh, Jake Beckett and I mean they were good, good, good players. But Mike Wallace and Michael Orm, Jerry Johnson these boys, Demarcus Sanford, man, they they were playing at a high, high level, and it was close. But that that was a that was a great win, and we we won the first two years, and it, it was a great feeling.
3: Coach, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, and the good folks at Hogs Plus did a great job of chronicling that 1998 season, and they did so by uh, airing a, a pregame speech that you gave, and I know you remember it to this day.
1: your best. Don't worry about making a mistake. You make a mistake, that's fine as long as you're going a hundred miles an hour. Hit him right up in the mouth and pick him up. Somebody kicks you after the play, smile at him and say, I'll see you in 25 seconds. I'll see you in 25 seconds. It's about little things, fellas. Poise and confidence. Poise and confidence. When one of your teammates makes a play, I want to see 10 to come tell him. Somebody makes a tackle, a big hit, I want to see 10, don't tell him. Play like the Razorbacks, fellas. You're ready. You are ready, physically and mentally. You're ready. When we hit this field. We hit it better than anybody in the country. I want the defense on the left, offense on the right, and then all of a sudden we come in all together as one. Hey, sideline, you guys that are watching, that's your freshmen. I want you to be the best cheerleaders in America. You help your teammates, encourage. This is it, baby. This is the start. We come back here tonight. It's one and zero. Here we go. Right now, let's take the field.
3: How was it when you go back in '08? You're standing outside the visitors locker room, and you think a few years ago, well, ten years ago, I'm right across yeah. the way, and I'm giving this very heartfelt speech, and I mean, you could feel it—a former Razorback, a former Arkansas resident. Now you're in Oxford, Mississippi, coaching Ole Miss. What was going through your mind at that point?
0: Well, that's that—that that was the thing that was so hard, you know, that that whole week thinking about it, uh, Danny. The running back coach, my brother, he was going through the same thing. And I asked Mike Markson, who's been with me ever since Murray, I was asking him, Keith Burns, who's a former Razorback, I said, guys, are y'all, are y'all getting any sleep at night? Not much, though. I said, I'm not either, man. I mean, this is a different deal right here because you're going to look in the in, in this stadium where you've been so many times from, from the other side, you're going to look in the eyes of these other players that you recruited And, and now all of a sudden you're going against them. It was, it was, it was difficult and you really had to get lost once the game got kicked off and then you had to just get lost and say, okay, Hey, it's time to go. And, uh, but it was hard. It was very, very hard
3: make the decision uh, after a couple of years uh, stepping away from Ole Miss and then you head on over to CBS and, and spend a lot of time with family and then here we are and you look back over at Coach and, and specifically your time at, at Ole Miss what do you think about when you think about your time at Ole Miss and, and what kind of shines for you I know one player we didn't talk about a moment ago was Jevin Sneed and Jevin passed away yeah. not long right. ago but he was instrumental in a lot of that early success for you
0: Jevin Sneed was awesome Um really a privilege to coach him and just a great young man that, that made so many great throws for us and won some games, big games for us. And, um, just really proud of how he performed and, and how all his teammates, everybody played together. And, and like I'd mentioned, you know, it's a lot like 98, the team that hadn't had very much success. And all of a sudden you, you pull together and don't care who gets the credit. Uh, I wouldn't trade anything for those two first two years. I I just felt like I, I I wanted to be there longer than that, just four years. And that's what was disappointing. You know, first time I get fired in my life. Um, and it's a terrible feeling when they say we don't need you anymore. We're just going to pay you this money. And so you can leave It, it. It's a horrible feeling. And so you that's the last thing you think about, but I try to go back to those first two years when everybody was happy and, and you know, I never did, you know, I mean, the, the players were just so good. And, and, uh, Ger- J- Gerald, Gerald, but was another one that was just, you know, a guy that was been through a lot trying to get eligible, gets eligible and just does a phenomenal job for us. And there's just so many examples of, of, of unity and team and building. And, um, and it, and it helped. It helped us the way we recruited. Those first two years, they were all ambassadors. Hey, you want to be here? So I really thought we could have built something that could have been special. But also know that you gotta have competitive, you know, weight room and uh, meeting rooms and all these things. And, and and Ross Bjork comes in, and I hear he he got it done quick. And um, the facility. I hadn't been back, but I hear the facilities are phenomenal now.
3: And, Coach, now that you're, uh, you're well past your coaching days, but you, once again you're spending time with your family and having a great time with those grandkids, what what do you look back favorably, whether it be Omis, Arkansas, uh, Murray State, uh, what makes you think, boy, I'm glad I got into it and, and this is what's special to me?
0: Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Here it is. You know, the, the bowls and the championships are awesome. Celebrated locker room is awesome. But what makes it all worthwhile is just like last night, getting an email from a player 15 years ago. Coach, it was truly the best days of my life. Get a text message from a player at Murray State. Coach, I'm the father that I am today. I'm the husband I am today because of the four years at Murray State. That's it. That That is the greatest reward that there is, that you played a small part To help a young man that was 18, 19, 20 years old, you helped develop not only on the football field, but it's, it's more than that. You know, it's the relationship. That's what you miss the most. You miss the relationships of the players. Hadn't had a team in 12 years. Boy, that's what you miss so much. You miss those players and the relationship and the stories that they tell. That's why Resurgence was so awesome to see all the players A lot of those players come back and to tell that story. Yeah, they just tell their story of how everything was when they were playing and um, teammates and all these things Or just, uh, that's what you miss.